Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste for the podcast. I'm your host, Antoine Velter, and I'm still summarizing for you one year's worth of incredible water insights from the 52 experts that appeared on this microphone in 2021. I'm always struggling a bit to translate the official French name of my engineering degree because to a wide extent, it's water engineering. And that's what I've been doing for most of my career. But officially, I'm also, if not foremost, an environmental engineer. And that's the part to which I'm somehow reconnecting with today's deep dive on nature-based solutions. If I'm opening with this personal statement, it's not by pure narcissism. It's rather to point out that nature-based solutions are not just about letting nature do its stuff. It's about leveraging an amazing research and development job nature has done, as Dennis Moll reminds us. Basically, nature has spent 3.8 billion years doing the R&D that is required to produce life. All we have to do is learn from nature. So we spend all of our energy teaching people about nature instead of learning from nature. And when you're running so much R&D, you end up with processes and systems that are marvels of technologies. If you look close enough, as Marc Barra explains. If you look closer at the nature processes, the nature of functions, you understand that there is a lot of technology in it, actually. So all the concepts that we develop to rationalize what we are seeing in nature, what we are doing to nature, or what we shall do in the future to be more sustainable, all boiled down to a single component, according to Dennis Moll. Living future, biomimicry, circular economy, donut economy, they're all fundamentally the same because they've all been based fundamentally on nature. So it's nature solutions and, and the realization that nature designs circularly. It doesn't mean at all that the concepts are wrong. It rather tells that they are right because they're based on the 3.8 million years of R&D we mentioned earlier. Do you remember how we define technology development as a race in our deep dive on water entrepreneurship? Well, it's not because it's a race that we need to invent everything from scratch. Actually, as Ali Smith recalls... It's also just looking a little bit uh, into the past. It doesn't sound very cool, but I do think uh, maybe some of the solutions for the future we'll find in the past. It's a bit about being humble enough to say, OK, we experimented with grey engineering only, and it wasn't fully satisfactory. That's not a problem. In an agile world, it's rather a chance. We failed fast. Let's learn from it. Let's keep what's good and let's pivot the rest. Why not towards greener approaches? As Michael Stanley-Galisdorfer explains... We're talking about things like large-scale mega-engineering projects, you know, dam-based flood control, flood retention reservoirs, something to capture the water before it gets to the city so that the city doesn't get washed away. Well, that works but there's a lot of costs to that also. You know, we lose all of the ecosystem services of the river by simplifying the river system, by disconnecting it from its floodplain. We lose all of the nutrient processing capacity in the floodplain. And that's true for rivers and the countryside, but that's also true in cities, as James Murray shares about Glasgow's and Scotland's approach. Civil engineering has been about the, the, the big projects, the construction, the hard stuff but we need to transition to softer approaches these days for a whole variety of reasons. If you're building two or more houses, then you need to have suds as part of that. You need to have a sustainable drainage system. It's basically around trying to manage water closer to where it lands, trying to reuse surface water if we can, but certainly trying to slow it down and control it before it gets into the formal piped drainage network. If we can keep water on the surface, it just slows it down and it gives it a chance to 
to be used by vegetation to be evaporated by the sun, even in Scotland, before it gets into the drainage system. Will nature-based solutions totally wipe out hard engineering? I don't think so, because as Dennis Moll explains... Most of the pollution is us giving nature chemistry she doesn't identify and therefore doesn't know what to do with. Yes, we will still need to clean a bit of our mess, to quote Dennis in my deep dive on SDG 6. Check it out if you haven't listened to it yet. But we can and shall leverage nature's talents to find synergies and win-wins on the go. As far as I remember, there's no planet B, so let's better work with planet A. Did you like this deep dive? Then tell it to your friends and colleagues and share that episode. It's not about grey versus green or technology versus nature. It's about recognizing there are synergies to leverage everywhere. Who are your contacts that need to hear this? Share it with them. Then, if you'd like to further explore the topic, I've prepared you a custom playlist of episodes. All the links are in the description. And of course, if you haven't done it yet, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform so that you don't miss the next leg in our journey that somehow goes to the total other end of the spectrum with industrial water. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.